You're listening to On Purpose with Tyrone Ross, brought to you by the Coindesk Podcast Network. This show is for advisors, by advisors, on all things crypto, and we appreciate you. And now, here's Tyrone. All right, welcome back to another episode of the On Purpose Podcast. I am your host, Tyrone Ross. This is the Risk Alert Edition as we are going to dive into Hester Pierce's tweet that shook the RIA space uh, last week. I have two of the best people to bring on and talk about this. One, Brian Corshane and Max Chatzo, and they will go into their backgrounds briefly, and we will, you know, we will dig right in here, and I will leave that to them to walk you through why they're credible to talk about this. But before we dig in, gentlemen, kind of want to set the landscape here. I think you both would agree with me that there has been a lot of opacity with which the SEC has provided guidance for IAs. And when this, you know, was released that I got a lot of texts. I'm sure you did as well, Brian, if there's anybody in the country that has been through this from rope to soap, it's you and, and Max from the legal standpoint, I think you can kind of give the framework of where advisors should be looking to take the next steps as you wrote a Bitcoin com- compliance guide. And, you know, we did as well at on-ramp. So There's enough out there, but I want to dig in right by talking about this. And and Brian, I'm going to go to you first. When an advisor right away, right, just step one wants to start to give advice, right? And not in the framework that was prior to the release of this announcement, but after the release, like tomorrow, what is the step one that an advisor should take? if they're looking to begin to give advice and allocate clients to Bitcoin in the RIA space? Yeah, step one's going to be getting with their compliance department or their legal, it could be Max that's over there and telling mm-hmm. them that that's what they want to do. Because really the blanket advisory brochure that's out there that they might get from off the shelf or the template is not built for digital assets. It's built for traditional investments. And the new ADV and the filings and the brochure that needs to be put out to their clients needs to reflect this new kind of asset class to invest in. So step one is, is basically don't do it yet, but talk to compliance and, and get your legal on, on point to know what you want to do and then start discussing how you're going to update your filing. Right. So there are a couple of things in here that I think are important. In that update, and, and I want to back up here again, and I said this in the live video I did as an immediate reaction. The SEC gave two updates before the year ended last year, one in November to IAs about custody right? And then in December about special purpose broker dealers and that whole thing, high hurdle for special purpose broker dealers. Good luck with that, guys. But in this announcement, there's a couple of issues that they address around their concern. Portfolio management, books and records, custody, disclosures, pricing and policies, and registration forms. So Max, I go to you. Of those, we all know they're all important, but day one, again, an advisor starting tomorrow, of those which is the greatest of concern that they should be focused on where they're, if they're going to be the focus of an SEC exam, not audit, exam, that they should be uh, focused on? Yeah, thanks, Tyrone. I mean, to be honest, there, there isn't one single correct answer here, right? You know, I think you, you can't just focus on disclosure to try and solve all your problems, right? You can't just focus on portfolio management. You know, you really have to consider all these points in this risk alert, otherwise you're just not going to be doing a great job, right? If I had to pick 
one or two of the most important things, right? I think it's the points raised in the portfolio management section of the risk alert. Regarding but specifically to you. Specifically, right? Do your due diligence on the product. Do your due diligence on the exchange, how you're acquiring the asset. Do you feel comfortable recommending this allocation to your clients? Those are the most crucial elements of giving advice in this industry, right? And you, you don't want to get those things wrong. Um, you know, that I have no doubts about that. You know, that's where a lot of risk lies, client risk, litigation risk, risk arbitration risk, um, regulatory risk, right? So you got to get those things right. And then as Brian alluded to disclosure, you know, it's just so important to get your disclosures right. You know, you have an obligation to tell your clients, your customers, what you're doing, how you're doing it, how you're going to charge them for doing it. All those things are just so important for investment advisors to get right. They really shouldn't sleep on those things. Right. So here's the whole thing that I was saying. I remember a year ago, I was at the TD Link conference and I gave a crypto talk on crypto portfolio management and practice management, preparing your practice for it. And before me, they ran out the cavalry. 1%, 1%, get off zero, 1%. And I spent the 50 minutes of my presentation go, all right, guys, how? Right. How do you do it? Right. Mr. And Mrs. Advisor, how do you actually go about doing that? There's processes that you need to go through to prepare your practice to be able to even begin to take client questions and allocate and do all those things. And I still say advisors now should be more focused on that part than actually worrying about how they're going to make the allocation because that's being solved for. But you don't want to fall into a trap, especially if you are SEC registered and they're going to knock on the door and say, we want to see everything. As far as custody, right? Why'd you use Gemini as opposed to Anchorage, as opposed to Northern Trust, as opposed to NYDIG, as opposed to Coinbase? So Brian, obviously, I do believe this is the case, even though we won't say any names. There's a certain individual that's on Twitter saying that he's the first RIA to to offer Bitcoin to his clients. We're not here to slander. I'm not going to say any names, but you guys truly are. So talk a little bit about the process that you went through if you don't mind sharing who you custody with and just what you've gone through to kind of be compliant in the process and how long that's taken you to get to where you are now. Yeah. So again, I'm Brian, digital asset investment management. In 2018, in May, we became the first of its kind to be licensed as an investment advisor that can handle digital assets. In that filing that we went through, that was made clear to us because they, the regulators didn't really have the framework of what to ask in handling digital assets. And a lot of this, like Max was saying, comes back to the due diligence side of, it starts with, do you know what you're talking about? How are you going to handle these? Who are you going to use for a custodian? They even asked, you know, is there a broker dealer involved? And all these questions that went on and on that showing that education of it can then lead to the risk disclosures that you can pass on and to your clients and then put in your language to be. They came in here and they sat down and they looked at everything that we were doing. And we put out the framework and using different custodians at that time and doing the evaluation, there wasn't many around that could handle what we were doing to handle brokerage accounts through IRAs. Um, but basically it leaned on we building our own due diligence framework. What are the questions that we ask these custodians and trading partners? Okay, that's good enough. No, it's not. Let's go a little bit further. How are things working and operationally when we go to trade these? Okay, do we know who the people are behind the scenes if we're not talking to somebody? Then on top of that, what's the settlement layer? Okay, what documents are put in place to handle these kind of transactions? What does the other party need to see? What kind of reporting? All these things need to be brought to light to form a circle that showed how we were going to do this in a compliant manner. 
when we had that circle built, we were able to go down and build, hey, these are the risk disclosures. These are the, the things that could go wrong. But then you got to go even further than that. If things were to go wrong, you got to be able to tell your clients how you can have, you can go and remediate and how you can go back and try to get something from some kind of impairment that might happen. So, you know, like, like Max says, it's, it's not just one of these things on there that that's important as most. It's, it starts with due diligence. And if you can do that, you can layer through and offer it all the way down to the bottom. But if advisors coming into this and just saying, hey, you know, buy some Bitcoin, go to Coinbase, like, that's nice. They're a huge platform. They're going to go IPO. They're going to do whatever, but it's just not the way to just handle this stuff. There's more to it than just Bitcoin. And I think a lot of advisors in looking into GBTC as a product, as an, as an easy on-ramp, just because it's on platform, doesn't mean that you can advise on it. And then this will come into the, some fiduciary stuff. And I'm sure Max has got his stuff to say from that standpoint. Well, first of all, I appreciate you throwing an on-ramp in there, even if it was indirect. I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, so, so Max, let's talk about that. Let's talk about fiduciary responsibility here. Cause I think as far as crypto goes and advisors being fiduciaries, I think that takes on a, a whole different realm. But before that, I want to talk about this. The truth is Bitcoin is not a security. It's just not. So it doesn't fall under the usual purview of some of the things that advisors would have to go through. It's the first thing. But in that, this SEC is specific to say, air quote, digital asset securities, and then digital assets, right? So they make sure they see why themselves just to let you know, don't use that as an out. But advisors are still saying, well, look, you said it's not a security, but you're still making us, you're holding us to the standard, right? So pair those two together for us, just in terms of it, it, what you believe in advisors' fiduciary responsibility is around Bitcoin and talk to the, well, it's not a security, but part of it as well. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not so sure it's a settled issue, you know, as a matter of law. But my interpretation would be, if an investment advisor is holding itself out as a professional in this industry, as a professional advisor, they are going to be held to some fiduciary standard. You know, whether it's as an investment advisor in these recommendations or not, I, I can't tell you 100%. My gut is a court would say they are acting as an investment advisor when they make recommendations of Bitcoin. But what the ultimate takeaway there is, is that a person making it, you know, investment recommendations about Bitcoin will be held to a standard of care of a reasonably prudent person in the same or similar circumstances with the like, you know, expertise dealing with this security. And so it's, it's a pretty high standard. It's a pretty specific standard. Is that person meeting that specific standard? And it's, it's a little amorphous from a legal you know, concept, but you know, I think anyone else who's going to give advice on this is going to be held to the same standard as Brian and his firm rendering advice about Bitcoin. I think that's sort of the takeaway, right? You know, there's this yeah. common denominator out there and you better be as good as Brian and his firm because they're going to be the expert in you know, litigation or, or something like this you know, if we're, we're discussing this issue. And, and so you better be buttoned up. And this is what I think is interesting. And shout to Fraser Rice who brought this up, because when you talk to those that are in estate planning and the fiduciary, like those are real fiduciaries, right? So he's saying, well, I almost feel like advisors want to be fiduciaries to the point where best interests of client first. And then the fiduciary part of safekeeping, custody, all those other things, you want to hand off 
to a true qualified custodian. And I kind of agree with that where, all right, an advisor should make sure they're putting the best interest of the client first with all things. And this leads me into my next question about GBTC and some of the other things out there, because there's a lot of talk around that, but I want to get to the bottom of it here. Again, not to slander, but to educate. And I kind of agreed with that where such is the case now with Anchorage that an advisor could feel comfortable that there are fiduciaries, true fiduciaries from safekeeping custody, true fiduciaries that will handle all of that for a client. And the advisor's responsibility as far as being right, a consultant, an investment advisor, whatever we're calling ourselves this week is, is this suitable? Is this in the best interest of the client? Going back to the initial meeting, well, Mr. and Mrs. Client, you came in here saying, your risk tolerance was a two. Bitcoin's a 12. What changed, right? Let's reprofile you. Let's update your investor policy statement. Let's update your financial plan to show what a 5% allocation of Bitcoin will look like over the next 10 years. And oh, by the way, you see these 80% drawdowns? Like, are you okay with that, right? But as far as once I'm done with that, the true fiduciary responsibility is now at a true qualified custodian now as we have in the crypto space. So I thought Fraser makes a good point there. Which leads me to this, and let's get to the bottom of it again, not to pick on Grayscale, but GBTC has been all the rage, all the conversation. So Brian, I'll go to you first, and Max, I would love your input on this. I always felt like there's going to be some issues around GBTC for a lot of reasons, right? The main one being the fees, and I'm not sure advisors are disclosing that in total to clients of what that looks like. But again, I, and, and there's, a, there's some other layers to it as well that I think Max can speak to from a legal standpoint. But, and again, not to say, well, what is your problem with GBTC? But why, what is it that concerns you when you see that advisors are just diving into this head first and not really doing their due diligence from what you've seen, right? And, and there's probably nobody on top of this more than you, Brian. Yeah, from the GBTC standpoint, I think Grayscale understands their product very well and they're pretty open about what the fees are in there and how the NAV moves itself. And they're open with it and they're going to create more products and they're going to gain popularity. But it's why do they gain popularity? And it could be from some advisors of it just being on platform. And it's just as easy as a single click. And Bitcoin's not available on platform. GBTC is. The client comes in, says he wants some exposure to Bitcoin. He looks in the system, sees it. All right, we're going to do an allocation and clicks and buys. And right there, that's just where you need to go deeper. You got to look into your agreement. You got to look into due diligence. You got to go and look at the risks, fiduciary capacity, your filings, because you're, you're really putting them into Bitcoin. It's a derivative of it, you know, and what the product is. And there's another point to this is that, and there's really two things, is that uh, you got Bitcoin that trades 24-7 versus GBTC that's just going to trade Monday through Friday, right? And it's going to shut off and you're going to have some, some things that go on over the weekend like Bitcoin likes to do where you're not able to do anything. You're handcuffed to where it is. And then the other part of it is, is explaining the NAV and the premium to your clients, whereas you know, right now it just went negative, but Bitcoin's up, but your GBTC price is not relative to that, where it could be down, but, and they look at Bitcoin, they're up, and these advisors now have to explain to their clients, well, why isn't my GBTC position up as much as Bitcoin is? And that's going to be really difficult for them to do. Right. Really difficult to do because they haven't done the due diligence on understanding what Bitcoin is and what GBTC is at a minimum. Right. And also, by the way, I want to add that I've made no secret I'm not a fan of a Bitcoin ETF, but that's a crutch. And that's the thing. The ETF is going to take that away from advisors. Oh, I don't have to learn about it. 
whoever gets it approved is going to give me some, you know, collateral to give the clients. And all of a sudden they're going to be Bitcoin geniuses, right? Oh, a Bitcoin ETF got approved. And to your point in that risk alert, pricing client portfolios, they are telling you, you better have a methodology and explain to us, right? Why you're charging what you're charging and knowing what you're charging on. E, that's going to be an issue. So Max, from your standpoint, when something happens here, and I think we all agree there's going to be something that comes to the fore with, around GBTC, what concerns you or what, what concerns do you have with advisors just diving headfirst into this with no knowledge and, and the background that they need, especially in light of the guidance that was just put out? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a ton of concerns, right? I mean, this is an alternative investment. It's not truly a registered investment company. It's quoted over the counter. There's just so many risks that, that aren't present when you're recommending a, a run-of-the-mill mutual fund or ETF you know, that, that's pretty standard and clients understand, right? And so you got to do your diligence on the product, the issuer, how it operates, how it's priced, how it's valued, all those things that Brian was sort of alluding to, right? The biggest one in, in my mind that's really hard to figure out is sort of the arbitrage or the premium or discount, you know, that it's trading to NAV or, you know, to its holdings. And so th there's just so much that goes into recommending that specific trust to clients. Those advisors would be wise to really, you know, dig down deep and make sure that their clients understand this product, either through disclosures or one-on-one -on -one discussions. Amen to that. And again, you know, moving towards the end here, and I, and I do want to ask, you know, you both this and, and thank you for agreeing to do this because I think we're getting, you know, both perspectives here. Here's where I think the rubber meets the road for financial advisors, right? I think all of us know that there's an education gap and there is where advisors are sourcing their education as well, to be honest, is just not that good. And we need to, to bridge the gap there. But for what advisors need to know, Max is, is you as a litigator and, and looking at it from advising advisors and what they should be doing from a compliance standpoint. Brian, having gone through it, what are some resources where, and again, I'm not talking about for price. I'm not talking about for research, just in terms of, I need to make my practice sturdy and bulletproof when I do face an exam. What have been some resources that have been valuable to you that you can give other advisors to kind of prepare for what's coming? Because it is coming. A great place to start is, is looking at where they're going to want to eventually transact in Bitcoin and other transactions. So whether that be Anchorage or Gemini or one of these, like go through sample onboarding yourself and read mm. that fine print. Don't mm. just click the box and, or just scroll through, read it all, understand it, have another window open, look up stuff that you don't understand. And that'll really help your framework there build into this. Cause a lot of these companies like Gemini, they're licensed themselves as a trust company. They've had to do some regulatory stuff. They're going to tell you a lot of where things are and how they operate. And those are things you're going to need to know. And that's a great place to start is to look on these platforms that you want to, you know, have your clients operate on and really read the full disclosure, make sure you under, understand Bro, everything. That's a jewel. I like that one. I like that one. Yeah, go through it yourself. Max, I know you can spend an hour on this, but let us have it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, when the SEC speaks, you, you should listen, right? You know, and so go right to the source, go to the risk alerts, go to the guidance, go to statements by commissioners. They will tell you everything you need to know or should know, or at least the things you should be considering, you know, before you get into the space or if you're in this space to give you a little bit more clarity. They don't let you operate in a total, you know, vacuum. They're there to give guidance. 
we can agree and disagree all day whether they've given sufficient guidance, you know, in the past over <laughs> over securities yeah. or not, right? <laughs> and uh, I would agree with you on that, right? You know, I think they could have been clearer. They should have been earlier with a lot of decisions. But here we are, and and we have the guidance we have available, and you got to be smart with it, right? And so so use what you've been given and and rely on it. Yep, I agree. And as we kind of segue out here, I will tell advisors this, a couple of things. One, if you are at all thinking about going down this road, I suggest you reach out to Brian, his partner, Adam Pokernicki, who is all over Twitter. That's, that's my main man. They have been assets to me, spent a lot of time with them. What they're doing is best in class. And that is the truth. So much so that there are some really prominent names in the crypto space that work with them, right? They are the advisors for so I would reach out to Brian. Sorry, Brian, but you're probably going to get a bunch of DMs now. And also, here's the other thing that I think is important as far as Max goes, right? And follow both of these gentlemen on Twitter, but Max keeps all of us honest, right? They kind of rant about Twitter all the time. And I mean, on, on Twitter about Bitcoin all the time and crypto. And I know we've had some really substantive conversations and you keep us honest and really ask the really hard questions and in real time, right? And again, there was an instance where there was an individual who you went back and forth with. And I won't, again, not saying any names, but advisors, remember your ADV could be pulled, right? So it's like, there could be a lot of information out there and that could be made public. So you want to be very, very careful. And that is the one thing that like advisors, you can't hide. So I think these two gentlemen are really good resources. I will follow them on Twitter. Gentlemen, I will let you plug anything before, you know, I get the last out. But Brian, feel free to plug your contact information so folks can reach out and and Max, the same, especially your Twitter handle, because your counsel that advisors need. But Brian, you up first, my man. Yeah, thanks. Uh, again, thanks for having us, Tyrone. And, and for talking to you, Max, on this. Uh, again, Brian from Digital Asset Investment Management. Uh, best way to reach me is shoot me an email, bc at daim.io. Uh, we'll put that in a link or something with Tyrone. And uh, thanks for having me on here. Appreciate it. Look forward to helping some more people out. Absolutely. Max, you're up. Yeah, Tyrone, thanks. Likewise, you know, thanks for having me on here. You know, I'll plug my Twitter. It's at advisor council, advisor with an A. And I also operate a blog, you know, with the same name. It's www.advisorcouncil.net. And I'm always talking about things, you know, for investment advisors, um, you know, not always crypto related, but, you know, sometimes traditional wealth management issues. So feel free to check it out. And, you know, I, I hope you guys enjoy it. Absolutely. I, I thank both of you, gentlemen, for making the time for this conversation. We threw it together last minute, but I do think it's that important. And also for my listeners, you already know by now, please like, subscribe, share. And if you made it this far, there is no reason why there are children in this country going hungry. If you can finish this podcast, log off, go to Feeding America or No Kid Hungry, please feed a hungry child. It will mean a lot to me. And whatever you do in life, do it on purpose. We'll see you on the next one. I appreciate you.